Welcome to the Salem Fields Community Church Podcast of the Weekly Message. We hope that you find this podcast personally helpful, and we also encourage you to share the subscription link found at salemfields.com podcast with your friends that might be able to use some practical advice and encouragement. Well, Christmas is almost here, and it's, uh, it can be a lonely time of the year for many people. I was just wondering, have you finished your Christmas shopping yet? How many of you have not finished your, not finished your Christmas shopping? Wow, y'all are going to run out of time. <laughs> it's not going to be long. It reminded me of a story uh, about the grandmother who took little Anne along on a shopping trip. And after watching her grandmother choose and buy gifts all morning, it finally Annie was taken to her promised visit to set on Santa Claus's knee and And as she was there on Santa Claus's knees, she made all of her requests politely to him. And as she started to leave, the jolly old man uh, handed her a very large candy cane. What do you say, asked the grandmother. And little Ann thought for a moment, wrinkled her brows, and then thought. And then she smiled and announced, charge it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're continuing our series, Finding Bethlehem in the Midst of Bedlam. Today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the bedlam that's caused by loneliness and what God's cure for our loneliness was and what that has to do with our Christmas story. Loneliness is common. Everyday uh, everyday, uh, people every day experience a lot of loneliness, not just at Christmas. Mother Teresa said, once said, the biggest disease today is not leprosy or cancer. It's feeling the feel, it's feeling of being uncared for and wanted, of being deserted and alone. I found several recent studies on homelessness that shows the bedlam that homelessness can create in our lives. The study shows that loneliness uh, is not just making us sick. Uh, loneliness is a serious health risk as well. The increased morale, mortality risk is comparable to that uh, from smoking. I say loneliness and the mortality of smoking is comparable. And loneliness is about twice as dangerous as obesity. Loneliness impairs immune function and boasts inflammation, which can lead to arthritis, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease. Study shows that 50% of heart patients were lonely and depressed before they had their heart attack. One survey showed that 80% of psychiatric Psychiatric patients sought help because of loneliness, and counselors will tell you that loneliness is one of the leading causes of suicide. Not only that, but loneliness has doubled 40% of adults in two recent surveys said they were lonely, up from 20% in the 1980s. Now, you would think with all of our internet interactions, such as Twitter and Facebook and emails and cell phones and texts and you would think that we wouldn't be lonely, but studies show they aren't helping, and maybe they're making our loneliness worse. There was a recent study of Facebook users found that the amount of time you spend on the social network is inversely related to how happy you feel throughout the day. Not to mention, not to mention that the effect that loneliness has on our spiritual lives when we isolate ourselves and and when we, we tend to isolate ourselves from others and even from God when we're lonely. And the feeling of loneliness is compounded at Christmas 
Because after all, Christmas is the time of year when families get together and everyone exchanges love and joy. Unless you haven't lived very long, chances are you can easily remember uh, at least one lonely Christmas. How many of you can just say, I can remember one lonely Christmas that I had? Many of us can do that. And you see, whether you were, whether you are by yourself or surrounded by people, loneliness at Christmas is raised by the thought that you're supposed to be joyful at Christmas. You know, you sing, we sang joy to the world, the Lord is come, but the feeling of loneliness is still there. But you know, loneliness at Christmas is nothing new. Loneliness at Christmas was felt long before we put up Christmas trees and long before we had celebrations and open presents around the trees and had big feasts with our families. You know, I can hardly, uh, you know, you can hardly fathom the loneliness that Mary and Joseph must have experienced in their lives. Now, as I said last week, some of us know the Christmas story so well. I mean, many of you uh, read the Christmas story. It's been a tradition in your family, in your homes, and, and you read it around the Christmas tree or some point at, uh, at the Christmas celebration. We know that story so well that we kind of, we, we no longer feel its tension. And we no longer can sense the human pain of the story as we read or hear it for the hundredth time. Our imaginations have been messed up. They've been tainted by the commercial images of the Christmas story. You know, so, that, so to truly understand what Christmas means for us in our commercialized lives in the 21st century, it's important to recognize that Jesus was born into a very real human existence. This is not a story, a Christmas story, like this is the night before Christmas. But in, but in many of our homes, it's kind, of, it's kind of turned into that traditional reading of the Christmas story, and we, we soon forget that this was, uh, that Jesus was born into a very human existence uh, with uh, uh, with Mary and and Joseph in a in a stable that that looks so warm and friendly and all of our commercialization of it that that we need to try to once again recognize that this was just not another Christmas story, but it's a story of real life. You see, it's the story of the bedlam of the unexpected, as we've talked about in our series. You know, the story was was the story of, uh, of the bedlam of the unexpected, uh, the story of shame and regret and a story of unfairness. And finally, it's a story of loneliness, real lives, real people, real true story. Mary and Joseph, experiences of human loneliness, if we could just take time to read it and think about it and not just read it and put the Bible down so that we can jump into the Christmas gifts as we normally do, but if we could read that and, and, we, and, and really try to understand at a deeper level than what we normally do, we would see the human loneliness in that. You see, Mary and Joseph lived in oppressive times. They were oppressed uh, as people, and in those oppressive times, they experienced financial loneliness that's associated with making ends meet. You know, if you've ever been in that situation, you know the loneliness of not being able to know for sure <coughs> whether you'll be able to pay your bills or not. 
So they had the loneliness of that of, of making ends meet. Bible scholars say they, they were very poor. And also there was the loneliness that comes with making decisions that would cost them their reputations. I mean, they had to make conscious decisions that they knew that would cost them their reputations. They faced the loneliness of, a, of an uncertain and unknown future. All their dreams, all their hopes, the loneliness of all of that being shattered. They faced the loneliness of an uncertain future. Mary was pregnant, not yet married, and she was all alone. After all, no one else could give birth to the Messiah except her. And she was all alone in that. For Joseph, the loneliness of feeling betrayed by his future wife, the loneliness that comes with knowing you would be deeply misunderstood and most likely shunned. I mean, Joseph knew that he would be uh, misunderstood and most likely shunned because marrying a woman who was pregnant, to, that was to be his wife, went against all of common sense and tradition. <coughs> Joseph faced the loneliness of being overwhelmed by personal responsibilities. As he and Mary traveled towards Bethlehem, one can only imagine the intense pressure that Joseph must have been under to provide for Mary's health and safety and that of that unborn child, the Messiah. That was the pressure of the act of travel itself. There were no interstate highways, no rest areas or holiday inns. It was a road that was filled with criminals that were intent on uh, stealing all they could <coughs> to make... Uh, ends meet for themselves. Then for both Mary and Joseph, the loneliness that comes from being in a town far from home with no family and friends and no place to stay and having a baby in a place where there was no one gathered around, no family there to, <coughs> sorry, anxiously await the arrival of the Christ child. The whole ordeal must have been very overwhelming for Mary and Joseph and no doubt they felt very alone. For most of us, the Christmas story ends at the birth of Jesus. We usually read down in Luke chapter 2 until we get to the angels rejoicing and going into Bethlehem to see this babe that was born. And, and we leave with all these warm and fuzzy feelings. And the kind of the... <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> the story kind of ends there for us. We put the Bible down and we go about our, our daily chores and... A daily opening, I mean, our opening the presents and being with family and finishing dinner. But the story was far from over for this young couple. There was the loneliness of being in Egypt where Joseph and Mary had to flee to escape the danger of King Herod. In Matthew chapter 2, <clears throat> thanks, Brad. <coughs> <clears throat> Matthew chapter 2, the Bible says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take, this chi take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. You see, now, now they were under attack by Herod the Great, the king of the Jews, who was after Jesus, who had fear of 
and intimidated that, that the Messiah, the King of the Jews, had been born and he was going to lose all of his power. And he, and he was after Jesus, not to worship him, but to kill him. And finally, for Mary, there could be no greater loneliness than to see her son, her one and only son, nailed to a cross, God's one and only son, nailed to a cross, as she heard the bitter cry that he cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Could any loneliness be worse than that? How were they able to deal with such deep loneliness? How were they able to cope with the intense feelings that came along with that? There are times there's something... I wish that wasn't happening. There's something far beyond human comfort that we need in deep when we're in times of deep feelings of loneliness. For Mary and Joseph, they drew from their knowledge of the prophet Isaiah that their son Jesus was long ago prophet, uh, prophesied Messiah. <coughs> Man, <coughs> sorry guys. <coughs> I feel like I'm up here in my underwear all down. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. <clears throat> the prophet Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. You see, Mary and Joseph knew that they were fulfilling the prophecy uh, through the child that Mary carried. They understood that all this took place, that all that they were dealing with, all that took place in their lives, all this took place, the, the unexpected, the shame and the regret and the unfairness and the loneliness, all this took place to fulfill what the child had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, Mary and Joseph understood that God was with them through the life and through the birth and life of this baby, this baby Messiah. You see, that message of that first Christmas came into our loneliness to take it away and replace it with the spirit of Emmanuel, the spirit of God the spirit of Emmanuel that promised to be with us. Jesus, even before he ascended into heaven after the resurrection, he said that I am going to send you a comforter, someone to be with you. <clears throat> this is who God, this is who God provides for us in our loneliness. So in reality, Christmas can heal you of your loneliness. Emmanuel. All of us have experienced times when we felt hung out to dry, hanging out on a limb on the back burner, deserted and all alone. But there is good news for us today. Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with you. You are never alone. Are you dealing with the bedlam of loneliness this Christmas? Is it the loneliness of watching a loved one suffer? or the loneliness of bad health, or failing marriage, or it is the loneliness of a loved one away in the military? Is it the loneliness of the first Christmas after the death of a loved one? 
Is it the loneliness of a child who is in trouble or the loneliness of broken promises and failed relationships? Maybe you're dealing with the loneliness of a career gone bad or that financial crisis where you can't hardly make ends meet. Is it the loneliness of temptation to just throw it up, throw it in and throw the towel in and give in and do what you are tempted to do? Is it the loneliness of bitterness? Is it the loneliness of an addiction? Is it the loneliness of spending Christmas alone or with family members that you don't want to be around? Here's the good news. You are not lost or forgotten. You're not lost or forgotten. For those of you who are facing loneliness this Christmas, take comfort in the fact that God answer, God's answer to loneliness, it's not a theory, it's not an abstract of doctrine or gifts under a tree or a book to read or a seminar to attend. God's answer to our loneliness is not a perfect marriage, it's not a perfect job or more friends, it's not more money, another movie to watch or another song to sing or another Christmas service to attend or another prayer to pray. It's not even the beautiful sunrise and sunset that we've been blessed with over the last weeks. You see, God's answer to our loneliness is found in a person, Jesus Christ. It's found in a person, Jesus Christ, who was born in a stable. He is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He is the only one who will never leave you. He's the only one who will never forsake you. He is the only one who will never disappoint you. He is the only one who will never betray you. Loneliness can be overcome in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know him personally? I'm not talking about knowing the story that's written in the book. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about not knowing about God and not just knowing his word, but knowing God in a personal way through his son, Jesus Christ, who, gave his, who was born in a stable and who gave his life on a cross so that you and I could be in a personal relationship with him where we can commune with him and walk with him and talk with him and be best friends with him. That kind of relationship. Of all the names of Christ, perhaps none is more important than Emmanuel because it gives us all our identity in Christ. Christ is with us. He is the God who came down from heaven in the form of a tiny baby boy. Theologians call this incarnation a term that means to take on human flesh, to be born as a human. John 14 tells us that the Word, meaning Christ, the Word became flesh and lived among us. The Word wrapped himself in human flesh and came down to heaven, came down from heaven to earth and wrapped himself in the body of a tiny baby boy in a stable, born in the little town of Bethlehem in the corner of a forgotten Roman Empire called Judea, and he came down with skin on and he moved right into our neighborhoods, right into our lives to be our comforter, to be Emmanuel, God is with us. Don Skinner says it this way, God did not send Christ to us, God came to us in Christ. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. It's God in the flesh. That tiny, helpless baby is the God who created the universe. It's the God who hung the stars and the moon and the sky. It's the God that knit us together fearfully and wonderfully in our mother's womb and who loves us. 
and he gave his life for us. What an amazing, mind-blowing miracle that is. And that God has to, all that God has to say in our loneliness can be wrapped up in one word, Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ, the one that's revealed in the New Testament. He alone is the Lord from heaven. He alone can save us. All that God has for you and me is wrapped up in his son, Jesus Christ. No matter what difficulties we face or the decisions we must make or how rough and lonely life can get, no matter the bedlam you are facing in the end, God leads us back to one simple word, Jesus, Emmanuel. God is with us. Christmas reminds us that Jesus died alone on a cross so that we will never be left alone. For all the pain and questions loneliness brings, Christmas answers in one word, Emmanuel, God with us. God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? It may be as you come to another Christmas, you find yourself in a place you never thought you'd be or a place you could do nothing to change. Please know that no matter how cut off you may feel, how alone you might think yourself to be, we are not. Into our lives and into your life, allow Emmanuel, Jesus, to come. You see, he will come and he will not leave. This place of loneliness is not where you will stay. It is not here that you will die. He will bring you out. There is a life for you, abundant and free. If only we will allow him to lead us into it. Today, we're celebrating Christmas. And today and from now on, will you let Emmanuel remind you today, when you read that Christmas story, or let it remind you today that you're never alone in the unexpected. You're never alone in your shame and your regret. You're not alone in your unfairness. Emmanuel, God is with us in our loneliness. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today that your answer to our life is Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your one and only son wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Lord, to save us from ourselves and to save us from our sins. And Lord, to be with us throughout this walk that we face and walking on earth. And Lord, I pray for every person that's in this room today, Lord, those that are watching online in the cafe, Lord, wherever, I pray, God, that you would wrap your loving arms of care around those, Lord, today, those who are lonely and those who are dealing with the unexpected, Lord, those who are in the midst of shame, life is unfair, but God, you have reminded us today in your word, that Emmanuel, God, you are with us no matter what we face. Thank you for that wonderful reminder this morning. And this morning as we prepare to worship together, maybe you're here today and you know the Christmas story to you has just been another story. It's not really been a story of redemption. It's not really been a story that You've understood that Jesus, that God came down from heaven, wrapped in skin, lying in a manger, dying on a cross. That that's a true story. It's a real story, a story of human existence and our need. And you've never invited Christ into your life.
or made him the savior of your life. I want to encourage you today, if you would, if you're interested and want to know or have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, would you just simply pray this prayer with me? It's not the prayer that will save you. It's Jesus that will save you. It's your faith in him. And when you invite Jesus Christ into your life this morning, Emmanuel, God with us, will take up residence in our heart. So if you'll just pray this simple prayer, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross. You just pray that. I believe that you died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins and that you rose again. And then you just simply invite Jesus Christ into your life to be your Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. He came to save us. He came to walk with us and comfort us. And so you invite Emmanuel, Jesus, into your life to be with you, to be your Savior. You just invite him in. And then you thank him. You say, thank you, Jesus. It's a free gift. Somebody will give you a gift this Christmas, and you'll say, thank you. God, this Christmas has given us a free gift, Emmanuel. God is with us, and it's a free gift. And if you prayed that prayer, you just thank him. Thank him for dying for you and forgiving you. Thank him for being your Savior. Now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed just for a moment, If you prayed that prayer this morning and you sincerely prayed that prayer with a sincere heart, would you just make witness to that, to Jesus today, to God, by with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, by just slipping up your hand? Anybody like that that prayed that prayer this morning? God bless you. God bless you. Hands all over. Anyone else? Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Thank you in the back. God bless you. Father, we thank you for those who have acknowledged you today, who have prayed a prayer of salvation. Lord, either for the first time or maybe just to recommit, just to recommit their lives to you, fresh in you this morning, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us. And I praise you for that. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want to remind you that the Bible says in Romans 10, 10, we confess with our mouth, and believe in our hearts that Christ was raised from the dead, the Bible says we shall be saved. If you prayed that prayer, you'd like a, a gift that will help you, a little reminder that you can wear, a wristband that you can wear to help you remember what Christ has done in your life today. If you'll come to Guest Central afterwards, we'll meet you there. We're going to stand now and worship together. And maybe you're here today and you're going through a difficult time of loneliness be a great time for you to pray and just invite Emmanuel to walk with you and just to draw closer to God. The Bible says if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. It's during times like this that our faith, our faith is made real.
If you are a new Christian and would like to know what to do next, or where to go from here, you will want to get a free Next Step packet that contains reading materials and useful resources that will point you in the right direction. For more information, please contact Salem Fields Community Church at 540-786-6212 or visit our website at salemfields.com or email us at podcast at salemfields.com. 